No here, no here, Quay. I'm from Kavunganu, Whakatohia and Tuhoi. Okay. Oh, lovely. You're all down, down around our areas. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. Uh, welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Māori Millionaire podcast. Today we are with Timuera Ho, who works and runs Tahito, which is a Māori investing platform. So kia ora and thank you for joining us um, to talk about stock investments as a means to grow wealth or passive income. Um, did you want to introduce yourself and, and share a bit of your experience? Uh, so that's my tribal placement. Um, Tiaroa and Tuwharetoa mostly, but grew up in uh, Taupo uh, for my formative years. So uh, that's where the ahi is. And so the marae there is a uh, marae called Nukuhau. Uh, the hapu, my primary hapu is Ngāti Rauhoto which is a female, which is important to note that we do have female uh, rangatira in, our, in all our whakapapa. And, and uh, Nukuhau is at the uh, Rauhoto. We have Tauhara, which is another maunga to that end of the end of the lake and the Waikato, start of the Waikato River is right below our, our marae. So that's, uh, that's the sort of stomping ground, so to speak. Still heavily involved in... Um, Iwi, uh, iwi hapu trust and incorporation work back home as well as uh, this financial work with uh, Tahito. So four kids, as I said, two are at university and uh, two are with my wife in Taiwan. My wife's now the trade commissioner in uh, Taiwan for New Zealand Trade Enterprise. And oh. so I'm sort of jumping between Taiwan and Aotearoa trying to manage uh, manage this company and uh, look after kids and all the family life so uh, fun fun times at the moment that's awesome you have an interesting life happening so um did you want to share a bit about tahito and what it is and and how whanau can get engaged yes yeah, so tahito is premised upon indigenous values now i've been i've been in this, this game for a long time 25 years of experience in asset management investment finance <coughs> Uh, work for a lot of our EV entities, manage them. Uh, now I sit in governance roles primarily for back in Tuwharetoa, but being an investment advisor and uh, portfolio management and, finan and a financial advisor for a uh, long time. Uh, and one of the passions for staying in this industry was the ability to set up a fund premised upon our cultural values. So it's an indigenous, ethical and sustainable fund. Uh, and what we've proven so far after two and a half years of uh, track record is that you can invest to a high level of sustainable and ethical uh, uh, values and still get a competitive performance. So what's been very pleasing is the fund is uh, con continuously in the top quartile when compared to all other uh, Australasian equity funds. So that's an important point to note. Right now, our first fund, Te Taiorehua, 
which is you know the Māori name for the Trans-Tasman or the Tasman Sea. And that's we we sort of gone that way because it's uh, it's an, as I said it's an Austrian Australasian equities fund so it holds shares in in Australia and New Zealand only. Um, I mean further to that I can keep talking for ages, but you know effectively uh, you know the loss of the the loss of uh, connection that underpins all our major issues across the world from climate change to loneliness is because you know humans have disconnected themselves from the environment mm. and where we're lucky as Māori is we've got this whakapapa connection uh, that uh, maps our narrative and shows us how to reconnect so we believe that if we can reconnect uh, you know get past this uh, the, the current western model where humans are in the center and we and we write things back to our more indigenous models uh, which puts you know it's it's a simple needs analysis. We require food, water, uh, oxygen to survive as humans. Hence, we our whakapapa puts them in that order, you know. And that's going back to Rangi and Papa and all that quarter. But uh, we can go deep down to that path. But at the end of the day, we, we've got models which pretty much says we put the environment before people, people before profit, and uh, the collective before the individual. And that's the holistic Māori worldview, where everything is interrelated. Nothing exists of itself. And of course, that's captured in our whakapapa. Now, when we go to, well, how do we apply that for in, in this investment world? Well, the investment world's changed considerably in the last little while, and that we realize that just investing for a dollar profit at the end has uh, been quite catastrophic. And we're finding that that's causing massive uh, degradation because it's a one-sided take. You know, it's exploitative. And we've been exploiting Papa Tūnuku for, for a long period of time now, and we're realising we're hitting up against its edge. So the investment has to change to be more conscientious where we're looking for uh, investments that are doing good stuff. And that good stuff is that sustainability, it's ethical, it's regenerative, uh, it's uh, going to show resilience into the future. So everyone's developing models along this, that line now, We've just developed a model based off of uh, indigenous values, which already starts from that that strong ideology because it's already embedded in our in our uh, in our tikanga, in our kaupapa, in our kawa. Yeah, so I mean that's what the fund is. In, in short, it's a uh, we use uh, Māori values to assess companies. Then we still got to do the financial analysis. We still got to do the portfolio construction piece and all the other standard uh, requirements to build a portfolio. And then we still got to jump through all the compliance hoops, you know, financial markets authorities and everything to bring a uh, a sustainable, ethical, indigenous product to market. So that's what's been keeping us busy. Didn't happen overnight. It was a couple of years of research and development before we were actually able to say, and here's the product that we think will work. And uh, it's been working well so far. And of course, what you know, what we say we're about is we're actually about measuring the behavior shift, not just about measuring how well a company's gonna perform in its bottom line, um, but the change in behavior of the people running this business towards sustainability, towards regenerative, you know, climate change, 
addressing all those all those serious issues and then of course the, the social and community component which is where you know culturally we're very strong is ensuring that there is proper engagement and recognition and support for the communities of which these businesses hit up against sorry wrong answer to a short question <laughs> I, I really do love tahito and i personally own um shares within the fund um and it it's quite similar to my own values with Māori Millionaire, where I'm trying to promote um, a te ao Māori approach to personal finance and incorporating, you know, our tikanga and, you know, collective living and things like that as a means to um, develop ourselves and our, and our wallets and, you know, things like that. So it's awesome to see it on a much larger scale. And, um, yeah, so thank you for your mahi there. Um, there is a big misconception that you need a lot of pūtia to invest. Um, did you want to share your whakaro on this and, and how someone can invest in the Tahito Fund? Yeah, well, I mean, it used to be, you know, it used to be a game reserved for people with uh, um, big wallets or deep pockets, as they say. But what's happened in, uh, you know, in the last probably 10 plus, 10 to 20 years is, you know, with technology, the internet now, and, and what they call fintech or financial technology, that the cost of entry has uh, dropped to a lot lower. So now there is systems like Sharesies, like Invest Now, and others globally, where you can uh, go and invest in uh, in equities or debt securities or other investments, and the level of entry is a lot lower. So, I mean, in the old days, it used to be you had to ring up a share broker and, you know, the, each transaction was quite costly. So the only way you sort of made it work is you had to have a sizable entry. So it's changed. The world's changed. And now um, those systems give a point of entry. So our Tahito fund is uh, on sharesies. It's available on InvestNow. InvestNow is probably for more sophisticated type investors, but they're similar platforms. And then um, we're also in uh, the Select Wealth, which one of our sister companies has a, they have a KiwiSaver scheme. We're part of that portfolio. And we're in a number of other sort of portfolios. But I mean, the other way is just go on our website and come and con contact us directly and become a direct client, you know, if, if, uh, if, if you're interested in that path. Otherwise, because you're, you're faceless when people come through Sharesies and Invest Now. They're, they're faceless to us. We don't get to see them. Mm. And uh, that's sort of, uh, you know, as a Māori kanohi kita kanohi top kaupapa that you like to have, uh, or tikanga, um, you miss that when uh, people are at the other end of a piece of technology. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. That's plenty of options now. The world has changed and, uh, and moving fast, as you know. Mm -hmm. what, what got you started with investing in stocks? Well... It was conversations with friends at university. I remember, as I said earlier to you, I'm a, I'm a little bit older now. I've been at this game for a long time. You know, I was born in the 60s, so I was at university in the 80s, early 80s. And uh, back at that time, the share market was on a tear. It was on a big, big bull run. And I mean, the Dow Jones Industry Index rose 282% between 1982 and uh, 1987, before the 87 crash. So, you know, when, when you had all that hype back then, 
it's similar to the hype that's been going on around uh, Bitcoin and you know any any other sort of phase. So that sort of draw us in. That's when I first started uh, getting into shares when I was at university. But I didn't do a financial business degree. I was doing a geography degree. <laughs> <laughs> That's something to note, I guess, is that um, personal finance is something you can study, you know, not in your actual degree. Because um, I personally study law, but I read books about finance and stuff. And, and I assume that was the same for you as well. Um, being able to learn about it outside of your your day job or your your degree. Yeah, I mean, tell you, it's a lot easier now with the internet and uh, as I said, the, the systems which allow you to invest uh, without having to have a relationship with a share broker and having to set up an account and put so much money in before you can before you can start all those yeah. sorts of things. Um, did you want to talk us through your first investment and, and what this was and do you still own it? Oh, I, um, the, the last part to the last question is no, and this is a, a good lesson in life. So my first investment was this, these companies that got Equity Corp and the likes. Now, these companies uh, were growing flat out in the early 80s, early mid 80s, but they went bust in the 1987 share market crash. And I was offshore. I was doing my OE then. So, you know, back then there wasn't any internet or email or texting or anything that was going to tell you what was going on. <laughs> and so I sort of left everything in with my mother and she didn't know much about it. So when these companies started falling over, um, the shares become worthless with that. Yeah, but you got to remember back then, you know, some a bit of stats. Uh, in the second quarter of 1987, Inflation was running at 18.9%. So, you know, we, we, we talk about inflation being high now. You've got to look back through history. There were some bloody things were going through through the roof. Floating mortgages were over 20% at that time. The markets fell over 55% from October 87 through to February 1988. So a period of five months. Wow. Yeah, so uh, that scared a whole generation away from the share markets, you know, because of that, that uh, the, the 80, 87 crash. Mm. Yeah, so, uh, you know, some of us have been around long enough. I mean, as you said, I was young and as a student, wasn't actually in the industry then, but I've seen the 2000 dot-com crash and, of course, the 2008 uh, uh, GFC, global financial crisis. And you kind of have to experience those, the volatility, the ups and downs that go on to uh, to really understand investing, I suppose. Mm. Feel the hurt. You need to feel some hurt and then realise that if you do everything right, you can ride that through because the markets are considerably higher now than they are from back then, but that's a long time. You know, that's, uh, that's your 30, 40-year plan. Exactly. Um, what methods did you use to grow your portfolio? Uh, I mean, right now... Well, you know, we, as I said, we, we're using this uh, an ethical and sustainable taxonomy or, or measurement system based on Māori Indigenous values. And we, we call this te kōwhirima tapu. We've given it a flash name, which uh, the easy translation is called careful selection. And so if you're going to have a, a method, that is the method. It's being careful and selecting wisely based off of a system. So, uh, you know, it's it's it's... 
we use a holistic plan nowadays. It's not just about financials. The non-financials are actually more important. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when we say we put the uh, environment before people and people before profit, how that trend, how that is applied, it means we do a non-financial analysis before we do the financial analysis. You know, in other words, uh, if they're ripping into papatuanuku or they're poking a hole in ranginui, we're just not we're not going to look at those those types of investments because they don't line up with us. So that's the sort of method we use we use now. It's, it's three or four stages. I mean, uh, we have a uh, process diagram on our website that that shows it. But geez, when you when you're young, you don't have to be as methodical. You can you know you can take a bit more risk. Man. Uh, but you need a plan. Whatever you do, you need a plan, and sticking to a plan is a key to investment. You still want to have a little, you want to have a, have fun with it. Mm. So as I said, you can have a plan with uh, which can be a lot more ambitious and risky when you're younger because you can bounce back. But as soon mm. as you uh, as you have when you you know when you have a family and you've got to raise kids and you and you're trying to pay a mortgage or or, or some other you know responsibilities you have and you're locked into the system and you're paying taxes and all these things, well, then your plan needs to be a lot more strict. Yeah. This is awesome. And I find it really interesting discussing um, someone's goals. So I think um, what you're doing with Tahito is awesome. What are your goals over the next five to 10 years with this? Well, I mean, in the next 10 years, I'm looking to retire onto the marae and uh, maybe spend more time with whānau and hapu, you know, because I'm at that, that, that end of my career. But... Um, we've partnered with uh, the Investment Services Group, which is a, a larger boutique financial services company, uh, which has allowed us to do what we do because is the cost of entry into the space to become a financial services company uh, is a lot higher now with all the compliance requirements and the back-end systems that you need to be able to deliver financial products and financial services. So with the Investment Services Group support, I mean, what I'd like to see in the uh, next five to 10 years is that we get Indigenous values and principles embedded and leading in the investment and finance world. You know, so people are thinking about uh, at the sort of values and the, the, what we bring to the table as a basis of how they now assess all their, all their investments, all their management, asset management. I mean, it's kaupapa-based investing. Isn't it? We're all all our Māori entities are talking about it, and we're getting very good now. We're getting better at how we do the tikanga piece to that. You know, using that analogy of te kauwairunga me te kauwairaro, your upper jaw doesn't move. That's fixed. It's your kaupapa, and your bottom jaw moves, and that changes over time as the, as the situations change, and that's your tikanga needs to change to adjust. But it's always connected to its upper jaw, and you need both jaws to eat. It's a nice, beautiful Māori philosophy. <laughs> it's how you, it's bringing that into the investment world and under, you know, just bring it back to some basic understandings. Mm. I, what, what, what advice would you give to someone who's a lot younger, possibly around my age, so around 18, um, who's just trying to get started in their investing journey? Oh, I think you, you know, fantastic to be 18. Um, Again, I think the key thing is understand basics. Understand the basics. 
and, and don't get too uh, lost in the complexity and, and the detail. I mean, firstly, you've got to say, enjoy life, find a worthy cause and ride it hard. Um, make strong connections with friends and family because that's what's going to carry you through life, you know, with all its ups and downs. And then uh, travel and build a wealth of experience, you know, become wealthy through experience. And once you've done all that, you know, it's understanding that money in itself has no value, mm. but it's recognized as a storage of value. So these are the basics. It's understanding that to actually generate revenue, you're either selling a service or a product. So when you go to make an investment of any kind, you ask the basic questions. Does it make money? Is it profitable? And how does it make money? If you can't answer those questions, you've got to, you've got to then question whether you should be putting an investment into it. That's why cryptocurrencies is challenging. That's speculative investment. It's another type of investing. And you can get wealthy of it, but it's like, it's like currencies, investing in currencies. You know, that, that was a craze not too long ago, and you could go and pay someone a couple of thousand dollars and you bought a system which was going to help you trade in the currencies. And you're ticking, you know, you, what they call the ticks, they're just moving the currencies up and down. Right. Problem is it takes a lot of experience and a, a very focused disciplined investment plan to actually be successful in those methods. And, and you've got to be watching the markets all the time to be, to be effective. Uh, and a lot of people don't have that discipline in life. So that's the other thing, I suppose. It's understand, understanding risk, understanding volatility, and understanding yourself, how you feel. How do you feel if you, if you say you had $10,000 and now it's only worth $5,000? Right. So yeah, that, that's I think that's a key one. And that, this is that financial literacy piece. Eh? Everyone thinks it's all about money, but money again is only a means of exchange. It's all it, all it has been through history. It's just become it's like the oil that's required for the engine to work, which is not a good analogy anymore because engines generate pollution, you know, carbon emissions. So now you've got to move to it's like the blood that's within the body, you know. You need your blood for your body to function, uh, but your body is more bones and, and muscle and you know the water content and everything else. So it's understanding where money sits in the system and understanding it's a means to an end and not an end in itself. Um, but yes, I'm asked the basic questions when you invest in anything. Does it make money? How does it make money? Then you get into that next layer of what sector it's in. Is it competitive in its sector? What stage of development? You know, startup companies aren't making money. No. You're, you're investing on the expectation that they are going to be profitable and they are mm. going to grow. Well, that's high risk. That is the risk of losing your money. And when you're young, you can. Where if you even in the share market, you can invest in early stage stocks or stocks that are exposed to high risk, or you can invest in more mature businesses which have been around for a little while. But even they're challenged because they've got to show that they do have the, the resilience to survive, that they are going to be around in the next num number of five or five and 10 years. I mean, your, your, your easiest way, of course, is to just find a portfolio, find a fund and just keep dropping money into it. 
and out of sight, out of mind approach. It's sort of like the Kiwi Saver. Yeah. Kiwi Saver, but Kiwi Saver is not exciting, is it? You I mean you've got to wait until you're into your retirement age before you can access those funds. You might be able to pull some out for housing, where uh, the next layer is you 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 find some funds that that, you, that align with what you want and what your values are. And then you can watch that fund. You don't have to do all the hard work of the selection of all the securities, uh, but you can understand the risk and the volatility and adjust accordingly. And so you can be semi-active without having to be full-on direct investing and full, fully active. So it's a, it's a, it's a, I know you've started learning this, Kaukura. You know, you're on your journey. It's understanding you what stage you want to play at, how much risk you want to take. Mm -hmm. And keeping your expectations real, you know, I'm a, I suppose it's easy for me to say being a bit older, but um, if the goal is to become financially wealthy, well, firstly, that doesn't align with us culturally, does it? Because mm. uh, we, we, it's that knowledge that richness comes through your relationships with friends, with whānau, and uh, the enjoyment of life, not with how much money you have, even though it helps facilitate that to a certain extent, you know, we, we, it's, life is easier when you don't have so many financial worries. But uh, quality and quantity is uh, something that the, the, the more you can address that when you're younger, the better. Well, the sooner you can address it and understand quality versus quantity. And uh, a lot of the Western models are, are quantity-based. And, of course, that's resulted in the climate change and biodiversity deg degradation, food security, well, water security issues that we face nowadays. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I really love Tahitoa personally, and, and I think that it's awesome that we're able to incorporate Te Māori into the stock market, which is something that, you know, most wouldn't even imagine. And so when I first found Tahitoa, um, on sharesies, I thought, oh, this is awesome and, and did some research. So I'm really grateful to have spoken to you. Um, so tēnei te mihi kia koe. Um, moto kōrero, moto haramaiki tēnei Zoom. Um, so thank you so much. And I know there's so many people who are going to really enjoy your kōrero. Um, so thank you so much. Te mihi kia koe. Hoki kaukura moto tono ki a haramaiki rongi tēnei tūpapa. Nā reira tēnā koe. Tēnā koe.